Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Cody Warner, and we're going to explore the topic of daily vlogging and how to tell video stories. Uh, Cody has an amazing story himself that I think you're going to appreciate, and he's also a classically trained filmmaker, so he's going to talk about how to actually work story into your videos. And if you're thinking, I could never do something like that, more of a reason for you to listen to this particular interview. By the way, if you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for today's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool motion screen grab tool called Scrolla. Scrolla, tell me more. Yes. So it scrolls down the page and grabs a video of your site or any of anybody's website basically. So what it is is basically you throw in a URL into Scrolla, you then select the view of either a phone, a tablet or a desktop to kind of you know, decide what kind of view you're looking at, what you're going to showcase this scrolling on. And then you choose the scroll speed of slow, medium, or fast. And then boom, it processes it, shoots you an email, and then you've got a video file that's like a screen capture, kind of like you would do with a, a much more expensive tool, but it's right there and it's in a compressed little video file that you can then put on your site or shoot to people and say, hey, check out this site. And it scrolls it down through it and they, and, you know, it showcases what it looks like. Fascinating. I know that, uh, you know, back in the day when people didn't know how to use podcasts, I, <laughs> excuse me, I would have to use these tools to um, record the video step by step, show it all. Now, in this case, you don't get to add audio over the top of it, but I would imagine you could bring this video that is recorded into a tool and then you could you could narrate over the top of it, right? Totally. Cause you could select that really slowest speed and, and well, and technically you could, once you throw this into maybe an, a video editing tool, you just, you know, throw in the, uh, the narration over top of it as it's going slowly down and say, here's what we did here. And we've got these services, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting. Is it free? Uh, it is free. And then there's also a $4 a month uh, setting, which allows you to do like unlimited per month, as well as kind of remove the watermark that's down in the lower hand corner. Got it. It's easy to find. You just go to scrolla.app. So that's S-C-R-O-L-A dot A-P-P. Okay. So S-C-R-O-L-A dot A-P-P. Is that right? Yes. Scrolla.app. Thank you so much, Eric, for that brand new discovery. You're welcome. 
I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for today's interview with Cody Warner. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Cody Warner. If you don't know who Cody is, he's a classically trained filmmaker that specializes in telling compelling video stories. He's also the founder of No Small Creator. Cody, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. So today, Cody and I are going to explore how we can tell fascinating stories using video, even about the most mundane topics. Uh, before we get into it, Cody, I would love to hear your story. What, how'd you get into video? Sure. So I, uh, I really, like so many of us who, start, who are on YouTube currently, I started with skateboarding. And, you know, we're just skating. My friends and I, we wanted to record it. We wanted to make skate videos. Um, so we got our parents' camcorders and started recording ourselves to see tricks. Then as I kind of transitioned away from skateboarding, I still liked making recap videos of like the fun stuff my friends and I were doing during the school year and in summers and stuff. Then I started traveling after high school, started making recap videos of that. And while I was traveling, had a conversation with my dad um, and basically decided, okay, let's go to film school. Let's try to make something, make a career out of this. And so I went to film school, got um, trained in kind of the art and science of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And then um, after college, about two or three years after I graduated from college, I started a video production company with two partners. Um, what, and ki what kind did. of work were you doing? Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Sure. So we started in wedding, again, as so many so many videographers do, and then we transitioned very quickly to commercial. So we were doing branding work. We were um, doing TV commercials as well as our main focus was online stuff. We'd push all of our clients toward Facebook um, ads, video ads, and and really just ut utilizing the online space. So that was the sort of thing we're doing, mostly small to medium-sized businesses, though we did have some you know, hospitals and franchises and some larger companies that we would fulfill like one aspect of video production for them. Now, are you still doing that? No, so at the end of 2018, I had a pretty crazy 2018, and um, at the end, I sat down with my business partners, we had a conversation, um, and decided that it would be best with for us to kind of go in different directions and and agreed that they would buy me out of my business. So on November 1st of 2018, um, 
you know, we signed the papers and I got bought out of, of that business, that first business that I helped to start. Somewhere along the line, presumably before that happened, you started messing around on YouTube, right? So tell us about that. Exactly. So on January 1st of 2018, I decided to start a daily vlog. So that um, day I shot one on January 2nd, I uploaded it. I called it vlog 001 and, uh, you know, just tried to get everybody in my network online, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn to start watching it. Um, and then, you know, there was day two and day three and day four and it, and it kept going for all of last year. So you did one every single day, like seven days a week. Yep. Seven days a week. So, um, talk a little bit about that journey because, I think that's pretty interesting. And what were you, you know, what were you feeling exactly? Um, and, and how did you start? And, and are you still filming the same kind of stuff today? Yeah. So at first, the idea for starting it was I felt like something big is going to happen. You know, there's going to be some, we're either going to land some really interesting client um, or we're just going to grow our team bigger or we're going to land a bunch of not very interesting clients, but it's going to, you know, build up our travel and our portfolio and everything. Like something big is going to happen. I'm going to make something big happen this year. And I want to be documenting the process of whatever it whatever it is. So I didn't know what it was. I just felt like something big is going to happen. I want to kind of commit myself to making something big happen. And I want to be documenting that process. So at first I was just talking about business. I was talking about motivation and, you know, entrepreneurship and, and having a startup and what it's like to work with a team and employees, you know, like any, every day I would pick a new topic and I would, and I would discuss kind of, how that topic was playing into my life and then business and entrepreneurship. And yeah, I just kept doing that on the days when there was nothing to document. I would document the, you know, making coffee in the morning and then making scrambled eggs and then going on a walk and talking about whatever I was thinking about. And the idea was just, I'm going to be creating content daily. Like that's what I'm committed to. So no matter no matter what, it doesn't matter if my channel grows on YouTube. It doesn't matter if it brings us more business. It doesn't matter if my friends and family think I'm crazy. I'm just going to be making a video every single day. Very cool. And by the way, folks, just so you know, there is a little lightning storm going on outside here, which I don't think you can hear right now. But if you do hear something crazy sounds, <laughs> that's what's that's what's actually going on. So interesting. So what I'm hearing you say, Cody, is that you just committed to documenting your day or or the journey that you're on not even exactly knowing where you were going with your journey is that right and then that's that's 100 right okay and then tell us about this no small creator concept and how that all came into play yeah so in order to understand it you need to know where it comes from um the term small creator is is one that got thrown around a lot on YouTube and still, I mean, even to this day gets thrown around a lot on YouTube and it's, and it's in reference to smaller channels. So, you know, if a channel has 20 subscribers or a hundred subscribers or, um, even a thousand subscribers, I'm not sure where people are mentally drawing the line, but if a channel has less than a certain number of subscribers, they get referred to as a small creator. And, um, so I'm a really big mindset guy. I'm a really big kind of, you know, I buy into the sort of, um, motivational stuff. That's like, you got to get your head right if you want to get your life right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was making a video where I was needing to say small creator because I was trying to rely on other smaller channels to help me kind of, um, 
get this bigger brand to give us a bunch of skateboards is really, if we're, if we're being honest, that's what it was about. And I was small creator, this small creator, that, and I just went down like a, a little rabbit trail. And I was like, look, there, there is no such thing as a small creator. Creation is huge. Like we're taking things from inside our heads. We're putting them out into the world. That's a really big accomplishment. It has nothing to do with the size of your following. The act of creation is massive in and of itself. So small creators an oxymoron, there is no small creator. And so, you know, as I went on that kind of rant in that video, I, I turned that into a hashtag and a lot of people just got behind it and, you know, really just started using the hashtag across social. So at that time, hashtags didn't work on YouTube, but on Instagram and on Twitter, um, the hashtag really started getting a lot of uses and that's where the movement really started to grow. And then we made a Facebook group, um, and, you know, ask people to join it. You know, if you believe in kind of the, the mindset, then, then come join the movement. Let's talk about just growth and, and struggles and all of that sort of thing. Um, I love this, by the way, I love this. No small creator. I mean, look, let's be honest. Everyone starts somewhere, right? Yeah. Casey Neistat started with one <laughs> no, or zero, right? It was probably yep. number one was probably his mom or something. So yep. ev- everyone starts somewhere. And the great thing about video is um, it is art, especially the kind of video that you create, Cody. And what's really cool is that it's like a library of your work. And all you need is the right kinds of people watching it to really make a difference. Am I right? That's so incredibly true. So Roberto Blake is one of my friends on YouTube who talks about that a lot. Like, you don't know, A, when you get 20 views on a video, I'm not sure if you've ever spoken, I know that you have, um, but, but you know, to, to 20 people in a room. Yeah. So speaking to 20 people in a room, that raises your raises your pulse, right? Like, when, I, when I've spoken to 20 people in a room, um, that's intimate. That's you can, cool. You can, you can, yeah. make, you can make a bit, make a difference in their life, you know? Right. You can make a difference. 200 people in a room feels like something else. 2000 people in, you know, some sort of auditorium we're talking, I'm, you know, I'm talking about people in a room, but it's easily, you know, we can just be talking about views on a video. So you don't know who those people are who are watching your stuff. You don't know what actions they're taking as a result of, of whatever you're saying on the video. And there's, a lot of impact to be made within each and every one of those views. Dude, when you started your channel, were you start in, in, in January of 2018, were you starting from scratch or was it a channel that you had a little bit of a- attraction on? Yes and no. I had a channel that existed since 2006 that I started in college and put up weird college you know, videos and, and, and whatnot. Um, but it was in essence, a, an unused channel. Um, it had 111 subscribers when I started on January 1st, um, 2018, but none of those subscribers were active on my channel. As far as I know, even to this day, I don't think any of those subscribers have ever watched one of my videos that I created since 2018. And you started vlogging every single day. And I think you're somewhere in the 40 to 50,000 range of subscribers now. Is that correct? Right. Just about 45,000. Yep. And by the way, for some people that's still considered small, right? Yeah, if you compare right? yourself to like, um, you to know, 10 case, million, right? yeah, to like Casey Neistat or, um, Peter McKinnon, right? Those guys have millions, but right. the reality is that, um, what, what I love about your message is that you are someone who's exceptionally creative and is okay with the idea that you don't have a big following by 
by other people's standards because for you, right. you're making a difference. So, exactly. so, so far what we've learned about Cody is that he's classically trained in film. He fell into it because of his love with skateboarding and documenting his life. And, and then he actually made a business out of it. And along the way, he's become his own you know, kind of influencer, if you will, and developed quite a tribe around this concept. So what, what I want to dig into now for most of the rest of the interview is the whole concept of how to tell a story with video. Uh, but before I get to the how, I want to talk about the why. Why do you think, Cody, why do you think that st- telling stories on video is so powerful? So video is unlike written word and unlike photo in that um, or even unlike audio, unlike podcasts and, and just spoken word in that it, it is so incredibly emotional. The power of video is the ability to make your viewer feel something. And I think that video does that in a way that, you know, you can touch on with words, you can touch on with photography, you can touch on with spoken word. You know, it really is the kind of combination of all of those things. You can literally put text and audio and photos into a video. It's like this, it's like, it's this, uh, trifecta, right? Um, so that's why I think it's so powerful. I think, you know, you see great commercials, you see great kind of, you know, narratives, all of the different sorts of video documentary that makes you feel a certain way. And when we, you know, we're feeling creatures, when we feel something, oftentimes that it results in movement, it results in action. Yeah, and we're recording this just a few days before the Super Bowl in 2019, and there are businesses that are spending millions of dollars to produce 30-second video yeah. commercials. And yeah. why? Because they know how powerful it is, right? You don't see right. them spending that kind of money on on the uh, the audio version of the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. there's something right. special there in video. So it's very powerful. And from my perspective as a marketer, I just want to add a couple things to what Cody said. Um I've only been messing around with video, you know, Cody, I don't know if you know this, we have a, a, a docu-series called The Journey that we've been doing for, we're coming up on about a year, we're in season two. And it's mm-hmm. just, I've been doing this podcast for six and a half years and I have very loyal listeners and to all of you, I thank you so much. I used to think that the people listening to this podcast were my fanatical, you know, follower, friend, fans, um, because... It, you know, it's just kind of crazy how much time they spend with me. And I get a lot of interesting emails and letters of how it's made an impact on them. But it mm-hmm. wasn't, and this is a 45 minute show, but it wasn't until I started doing these seven minute shows on the journey that it really the impact level went like through the roof. And I was kind of yeah. shocked. And just the things people have said me when said to me when they've seen me at other events, just from seven minutes on video, even though they've been listening to me for years, there's something different going on there. And the benefit from a marketing perspective is that if you can document your business or you can document yourself, um, you can develop very loyal fans. And those very loyal fans are some of the most valuable marketing assets you could possibly have because they will tell others about you. You don't have to pay for that. Um, They will evangelize for you. They will buy your products and all that kind of stuff. Can you speak to that at all? Have you experienced that as well, Cody? Yes. I mean, 100% yes to all of those things. It, It still blows my mind influence the kind of the kind of power that um, we have on in video form with those loyal fans right so hey I'm dropping a new shirt that says doer on it you know and everyone's like yep I'll buy it yep I'll buy it yep I'll buy it or <laughs> um, for instance one of the things that I'm um, that I'm gonna do that I that I just thought of today is 
I want to encourage people to like one-on-one share my videos with somebody who they think would maybe benefit from them. Right. So I want to say like, um, you know, copy this link, send it to one of your friends, tell them why you think that they're going to value it. And then screenshot that text message and tag me on Instagram so that I, and I'll, you know, I'll re I'll repost or restory the, my favorite ones or whatever. And like, I got to tell you that works. Let me just tell you, I, (laughs) I did this recently. I had Ray Edwards on my show and we were Mm -hmm. talking about like eight magic phrases or whatever for copyright. And I told everybody, okay, pull out your phone right now and tag me and Ray. I got hundreds and hundreds of like tags and messages of people that were like taking notes, pulled over by the side of the road, dot, 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 dot. (laughs) It's the coolest thing ever. It it, it works, man. It really works. (laughs) It's incredible. So, um, okay. I want to, I want to spend some time because the key to the whole thing is not just hitting record. You can't just hit record and record anything. It's, it's the story aspect of it that I think is the magic sauce behind it all because we've all been bored and on YouTube in particular, you need to keep them at least 50% of the way, right? In order for YouTube to think that that's good in order to do that, you need to understand how to tell a story. So, um, Tell us, like, what do we need to know? Because you've been classically trained in all this stuff. Like, how do we think about telling stories on video? Right. Yeah, that 50% retention that you're talking about, that's something that I think about every day, that all of the creators on YouTube think about every day. And even if it wasn't the algorithm that was, like, forcing us to think about that, the, you know, YouTube thinking it's a good video, even if that wasn't the case, just the idea that, let's say for, like, a, a commercial or a brand piece, just the idea that you need people to watch a certain amount of the video in order to get whatever you're trying to get them to get. So what, just real quick before I get into that, yeah. what we used to tell our brands um, that we were working with was like, we need to front load this first 10 seconds of the video. They need to at least get one takeaway that's going to you know, be, be a positive value add for you as a brand because most of these people are going to be clicking away um, at second number 11, if they even make it that far. And that's something that I know that, you know, um, but just the idea that getting people to stick around in a video is, is so crucial. And so story, story comes into play there. I like to start every single video on YouTube with some sort of hook within the first 15 seconds, some sort of enticing, interesting, at least kind of description of what the video is going to be about. But if it also has some sort of mystery component to it or, you know, something that people are going to want to see through to the end, if you can create some sort of open loop at the beginning of a video, say this is where we're headed, but you you haven't revealed kind of the resolution of how this thing's going to end, um, that's that's incredibly powerful. So when you when you translate that into the concept of a vlog or a daily vlog, our days kind of naturally have that um, sort of flow set into them. Like when you wake up in the morning, you're not sure what the day holds. So how do you just convey that to an audience in a way that makes them excited to figure out what the day holds with you and, and come along with you on that journey? Hmm. So then, you know, the, the classical understanding of story, which is there's this main actor, um, they go out, everything's fine. Then an obstacle happens, you know, there's some sort of challenge, they overcome the challenge, there's some sort of resolution, and that's the end of the story, right? So figuring out, and it took me, this is not easy, it took me 75 or maybe 100 um, videos to really start to 
get a good feel for how do I make my life into one of those stories every single day. And oftentimes I would miss the mark and oftentimes I still do miss the mark. Um, but that's the, that's the aim. That's the goal. It's, there's this person, there's this actor, this main actor, this main action taker. What are they coming up against in this video? How do they overcome it? And then what do they take away from it? And, you know, I love that you said every day we have this kind of natural arc in our life, right? So for example, for me, I get up, I get ready for work, I get in the car, I get to work. And of course, typically when I walk through the door, there's something I've got to deal with, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and then there, and then later in the day, there's things that I've got to get done because I'm running out of time. Right. And then I have to leave and get back to my family. So right. in the, in, you know, there's a natural arc to that, right. Which is I'm on a journey heading into the office and there's going to be stuff that goes down during the day. And as long as I remember to, you know, if I was recording a daily vlog, pull out exactly. my phone, right. And say, okay. I'm in the midst of something that I need to record. I mean, I would imagine that's the key part right there. Am I right? Exactly. You have to, you begin to, uh, to, to think about your life as a story. You know, the more times you do this over and over, the more times you start to love it when things go wrong or weird (laughs) or your expectations are not met because oh, this is a good story, (laughs) right? You're like, this is a good story. So there, there are numerous times last year that people would say like, now be honest, a, did you like make that bad thing happen? Or then if not that, then then B, they would be asking, were you excited when you <laughs> fell and, you know, sliced up your arm or when X, Y, Z happened? And the truth is like, yes, because I'm trying to make a compelling story out of my day when something crazy happens, it's like, yeah, that's crazy and that's a bummer. But at the same time, this is a great story. And to be honest, like I'm not mad about that doesn't make me that makes me like my life more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it to to be able to view it as when when you can come up against something hard and then be happy that that thing happened to you because you know how good of a story it's going to be or because that thing is helping you tell a better story, that makes you a a happier person in life. So it's a really, it's a really interesting kind of meta analysis of life that you're doing daily when you're trying to create videos out of what's going on in your life. I think you mentioned earlier about like a story with cracking open an egg or something, right? Was that you? You did say that or was that somebody else I was talking to? Yeah, that was, I mean, I mentioned scrambling eggs. Okay. So if you scrambled eggs, like talk about, because I know one of the things you're really good at is taking something as simple as scrambling eggs and making a story out of it. Right. So, so talk about like how something as simple as that you could make a story about it because I know you can. And I just want people to understand that even the most simplistic of, of activities could turn into a story. Right. I mean, my mind goes a million different directions when, when you ask a question like this, which is fun. It's a fun thought experiment, but you know, let's say like a shell falls into the egg. You could make a really into the eggs you're trying to scramble. You can make a really stupid. This would work better on TikTok, by the way, not not as well on YouTube. But <laughs> right. of you trying like you first person, you're you trying to get the shell out of that egg. And that is like that's an experience that's that all of us have had where it's like, why won't the shell come out of the egg? You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You could be turning the camera, flipping it on yourself, like getting more and more frustrated because you would really be getting more and more frustrated. Um, that's, you know, that's the first way that I go. A second way that I go would just be telling, you know, you, you crack open the egg and then that reminds you of a story. So you actually just turn it into a story time and you tell a story from your, from something that happened before in your life. Um, 
You know, and I think it was Jesse Driftwood when I had him on the show might have done some stuff with eggs too. I might be getting you two guys confused, but I love where you're going with this, right? So you can take something and, and, and he's the guy that, if I'm not mistaken, takes like this rope or chain and and works it into a story as well. I know you guys know each other. So, so this is fascinating. So, um, talk about some of the stories you've been doing lately, because I know that, and take the sexy stuff out of it. I want some mundane examples because I want people to understand that you don't have to, you can make a story out of almost anything, can't you? Yeah, you really can. And and the beautiful thing about um, vlog style is that there's just so much leeway in it. There's so much kind of grace in it because people are expecting, okay, how is he going to use his life to tell a story today? You know what I'm saying? Like that is part of the genre. So no matter what happens, you already are given a little bit of slack, um, a little bit of slack to go there. So let me just pull up my videos on YouTube and look at some of the some of the most um, mundane ones. So for instance, my daughter, we got her a camera for Christmas. Actually, my in-laws got her a camera for Christmas and she starts vlogging, right? She starts, she turns the camera on herself and she's like, we're, we're opening presents. She's three. My daughter's three. <laughs> we're opening presents and Avery just got this. And, you know, and we, so I, I take the camera, I watch it back and I make the whole vlog that day about, can you imagine if you started documenting your life at age three, how good of a documentary video you could make about your life by the time you're age 75? Like you could make an entire, just imagine that that's literally what the entire video is about is just my daughter's doing this. Isn't that crazy? I throw back to some of my old footage. I talk about just the power of, of video, the power of having a long time to really be able to figure something out. That's what, that's what that story was. I'll just give you one more example. Here, while you're looking for it, um, what I've found is that the key to making these videos work is really to make sure that there actually is some sort of a story there. Um, I'll give an example of something we did that was pretty mundane, which I think you'll yeah. appreciate, which a lot of people that watch the journey will know. I, um, exported like 3,600 uh, pieces of feedback out of a survey. And I printed out like a hundred pages on the printer. So I made a story of me going, what am I going to do? How am I going to analyze these things? Oh, I have a crazy idea. Let's go to the printer. Boom. We're filming the printer with music and all these pages coming out of the printer. I go into one of my employees offices and I say, Hey, how's it going? And I plop this stack of 90 pages on her desk and she's all, what the heck is this? Right. right. And I say, Hey, I want to slice this into little slices. And she's all, what, why not just, you know, use a spreadsheet? I said, cause I want to stack them in little stacks in the conference room. And she's, and she's all you nuts. And I, I made my case. And then she says, okay, so two degrees for this. And then we flash to her with the, one of those slicers, you know, and she's literally yeah. slicing hundreds of these little slices, you know, into yeah. like a wastebasket. And, um, you know, that was the story of like how I had this crazy idea, how I delegated to one of my staff people and how she basically sliced it into thousands of little slices. I mean, that's something pretty mundane, but yeah. it was an interesting story that people liked. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I'm totally with you. Let's, I want to go on a similar, um, track, something that, we all have to realize is that our lives are not other people's lives. And we are doing stuff that we think is mundane, that we think is routine, that we think is just the most most boring stuff ever that other people will find incredibly interesting. So one of my videos last year was just titled, let's talk about my day job. 
And it got about a thousand more views than all of the other videos around it, almost 2000, in fact, because people just wanted to know, like they saw me sitting in a sales meeting with a client and I was, you know, heard a little bit of the conversation from that. They saw me checking stuff off of a checklist, me highlighting stuff on a piece of paper, but they, but it's interesting because it's not their life. And, and it's interesting because, um, I mean, who knows why it's, who knows why people watch what they watch, but the, the key to it is if you believe that you can make a story out of something, like give it a shot. If it flops, it flops. You can make another video tomorrow. Right. But like you just said, like going to the, everything can either be pitched as completely mundane and stupid or as the best thing in the world. And and you have to make the decision to make it the best thing in the world. So going back to the classical concepts of a story, which you said were character, conflict, and resolution, I would imagine in this case, one of the characters could be the the, the paper, the stack of paper, right? Or, or I'm the character. I would imagine when you're vlogging, I mean, help us understand what it means about the character first. And then let's, I want to dig into each of these things, character, conflict, and resolution. Cause, um, I think it'd be good for myself personally and everyone listening to kind of understand how to, how to get at each of those elements. Sure. So I would almost every day start the day thinking, okay, I'm going to have to be the character today. I'm going to have to be the one who's mainly driving this vlog because I'm not sure that there's going to be anything or anyone else that's going to be able to do that job for me. The vlog, especially a daily vlog, is very often centered around the person that's that's creating it. Um, but yeah, it's the and you bring you bring in other characters once in a while, right? You have your other oh, yeah. fellow vlogging. So that's friends, what I was right? going to get to yeah. is. When then, because it is so often focused on me, whenever I bring in a new character, whenever there's somebody who's willing to be a character in the in the movie of my life, it's super interesting. You know, it's it's like, who's this new person and how are they going to interact with the camera and how are they going to feel about Cody recording everything and and all of that sort of thing. So um, when you bring in an actual other person, it can be a really interesting kind of twist for your audience. And I found that exactly to be the case. You know, we have like a couple central characters in the journey and then a bunch of kind of supporting cast, if you will. <laughs> and they're just all the employees here in the office, you know? So, okay, good. We got a grasp for the character. Um, and, and obviously the character plays a very central role in the conflict, I would imagine. So talk about those connections between those two. Sure. So the key with when you make yourself the center or, or anybody, whoever you, whoever you decide the character is going to be in the vlog style video, you need to make sure that that thing or person that you're going to be able to capture their emotional responses to whatever's happening throughout the day, because whatever happens throughout the day, the, the, the challenge, the conflict, if we can't see how the, how the character, how the actor is responding and is processing, if the, if the character isn't willing to process through the conflict with us, the, the story is going to fall flat. So that you need a willing, you need a willing character. But yeah, as we move to, as we move to conflict, you know, just looking through all of mine, rescuing the vlog, like my computer crashed and I needed, I still needed to upload a vlog that day. So the, the video literally turns into me just trying to edit my vlog. Talk about meta. Another one, um, I'm meeting new people and I'm asking them to be on camera, uh, talking about the formula for success on YouTube. Um, one, one of my best friends is moving away to Michigan. So the conflict is, 
you know, kind of internal me dealing with a friend leaving. Okay, wait, I want to back up to the other people. So the conflict is just getting them to agree to, to be on camera. Is that is that where you're going with that one? You were talking about how your friend was leaving, but before that, you were talking about getting other people to show up on camera. Could that be a conflict? Yeah, strangers. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So I'm still the main actor in that case, but um, it's really interesting to see how are these other strangers going to interact with the main actor. Right. Um, I have been in situations where um, I have uh, been sideswiped by a car. Um, and, uh, I had my videographer in the car. He wasn't filming when it happened, but immediately that became the central part of the story. Right. Which is like, I'm on my way to this awesome meeting. And then all of a sudden I get sideswiped by a car. Um, boom, that was the conflict point. We knew it. We filmed it. (laughs) We even filmed me calling the insurance company, you know? Exactly. I love it. So sometimes though, when we have like days where we don't have crazy things like that happen, um, I guess the conflict could just be the uncertainty that we have, the self-doubt. Yep. Am I right? 100%. So the biggest question I get asked is, I don't know what to make videos about. Like, how do you find ideas? How do you find ideas to make videos about? I'm like, well, there's your first video idea right there. Is I don't how know do what I to do. find ideas to make videos about? You know what? Anything, literally anything that you have a question about, that you see as a problem, that you want to complain about, that you want to praise, anything is a video idea. And there's an actor, there's a conflict, and there's a resolution within that thing. How do you resolve it? Because this is the part that I think might be, I know I could learn from this. Like, how do we get yeah. resolution? There's so many different ways to look at resolution. Um, and I And don't get me wrong, I'm totally fine leaving things unresolved in my kind of saga of my YouTube channel right. because I think, I mean, obviously just like a cliffhanger in a narrative show that keeps people coming back. The biggest kind of thing you need to keep in mind with resolution is just that you don't want people leaving angry, right? right. So oftentimes if I just would cut a vlog, like I basically forgot to record anything after 4 p.m. and it's like, see ya, you know, that leaves people feeling very whatever. So even just recording some sort of end tag, like, yeah, let's back up a little bit. So often, especially in business, like deals don't go down in a day, you know, deals don't even go down in a week. Sometimes it takes months to really see something from start to finish. So it's totally fine to just keep bringing your, I mean, it's good to keep bringing your audience along so they can find out how it does resolve. Um, but just, just communicate clearly with them. The resolution often from video to video especially in vlog style, is just communicating, this is where we're at, this is where we're ending it, I'll see you tomorrow. And Got that's it. a that is a huge loyalty builder. It's like, it's an open loop. Well, if you think about TV shows that are like series where it's an ongoing story, right? Yep. Um, and, not, and not where it's all wrapped up in one episode. Typically what they do, it's, it's almost like they film both episodes and then they take half of each episode and make it into one episode. Do you understand? So it's like, you're always starting the new show, like in the middle of the old show. And I've noticed this about shows, like they'll resolve something halfway to to two thirds of the way through the video. And then they'll start something new to keep you hanging for the next episode. Right? Exactly. I, um, so we've binged all the shows lost, uh, 24, like all of the blockbuster shows. Oh yeah. Those are amazing shows. What we would do is we would stop episodes in the middle. That was how, 
that was how we stopped the binge. So like, you know, we'd watch like four episodes and a night it'd be 1 a.m. And we'd pause an episode in the middle of the video, in the middle of the episode, because at least something was resolved and we could get away from it. Because if we watched to the end, we knew we were going to be starting the next one. So this is a technique that everyone that's listening can use if you know, and if you can map out a little bit, like, you know, that you have a story that you're going to be talking about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. because you've filmed all this maybe a week in advance, right? You could actually um, start part of that story and 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 not have it fully resolve until the next episode. Am I right? Yep. Or get or if you're if you're that far ahead, um, you might as well go ahead and put a teaser for tomorrow's video or next week's video at the end of this week's video to just get people excited to come back to the channel. Absolutely. Okay. Um some people are thinking right now, I don't want to show conflict. That's like, why would I show conflict? I mean, because that shows I'm not perfect and everybody wants to look good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you want to say to them? I think, you know, I know it's a buzzword. I know it's cliche, but authenticity is what we are all in search of from brands and from people and from those we look up to and from those we're thinking about working with and all of that. We want to know people are real people. And the videos on my channel that have performed the best are when I just sit down and talk, you know, straight to the camera, straight to my audience and say, look, this is what's really going on. Here's where I'm flawed. Here's what's hard. Here's the struggle. Um, this is, this is hard stuff. I'm imperfect, you know, and, and there's just so much to be said for the connection that you can build with your potential loyal fans or loyal customers or loyal clients if you show them what's truly going down in your life or in your business. Should we sometimes draw lines as far as what we do and don't show to kind of protect the innocent, if you will? 100%. So I I say when it comes to personal privacy, always ask permission. And then when it comes to everything else, ask forgiveness. But yeah, draw. I mean, I think if, if something ever begins to feel inauthentic to you. Like, you know, if, if you don't want to show your family, so many of my friends on YouTube, they won't show their, their kids on their channel or, you know, say in, for instance, in a business vlog style video for business, if you can't show, I mean, you can't, you can't show some of the legal stuff. You can't show some of the financial stuff, financial, you know, or, or even just customer information or whatever. If there's, if there's some sort of issue like that, yeah, it's off the table, 100%. But where you can go deep, where you can be vulnerable, you need to be vulnerable because that's what we're all looking for. What I found is I've I've got a little philosophy in the company because everybody knows that if you're working in corporate here, you're going to probably end up on camera. Yeah. Um, but I have a philosophy that says I, I'm going to do my best to protect the innocent. And what I mean by that is if something goes down yep. that is probably not appropriate to be on camera – um, or could position you in a, as the villain, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. because you know, that's what they do on survivor. You know, they just show the stuff to position the villains. I don't want to make any villains, you know what I mean? So I, yeah. I always make sure that if something like that goes down, they get a chance to see a draft of the thing before it goes live and make sure they're cool with it. And it's been very helpful because they, you know, they do care obviously about how they're portrayed and, and, yeah. and I've had to work on that over the last you know couple of years doing it. Yeah. And there's so much to be said for the fact that like when you've been in this game, when you've been producing this sort of content um, for a long time, you do you really become kind of callous to you don't care as much what people think about you online. You know that it just kind of 
all part of it. And if there's hate comments or dislikes or whatever, like that's just all part of it, right? But you have to realize when you bring other people into this world and they have no experience with this world, they might be much more sensitive to that stuff than than you are. So A, explain it to them. And then B, yeah, protect their innocence. I love that slogan. Cody, this has been awesome. Why don't you tell everybody if they want to follow you on YouTube or anywhere for that matter, where they could find you and if they wanted to connect with you, how they would best go about doing that. Fantastic. Yeah. So my favorite social media platform is actually Twitter. Um, I just love, I hang out on Twitter almost all day. I love the conversation on Twitter. I'm at Cody Wanner, C-O-D-Y-W-A-N-N-E-R on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram. And then over on YouTube, um, just go ahead and throw the name Cody Wanner into the search bar and I'll be the first one that pops up. I'm a guy jumping on a purple background. Uh, That's my channel on YouTube. Awesome. Cody, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom with us. My pleasure, Mike. Thanks so much for the great conversation. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's interview. And if there's anything we mentioned, we take all the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 345. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.